Hello, everyone. My name is Dee, and I am recovering from compulsive eating and obesity. And I'm really, um, really honored to be here tonight. Um, I've been coming to this meeting for, I guess, a little over a year now since it's been on Zoom. And um, I've kind of gotten to know some of the people here, and I feel really um, connected to, to being here. Uh, and sharing with you all tonight. So I was actually invited to share tonight because I'm celebrating a um, anniversary for my abstinence. So um, a couple of weeks ago on April 5th, I celebrated 30 years of um, abstinence and recovery in OA. Um, and I actually, I have my, my chip here that my sponsor gave me uh, for my 30 years, and I have to say it's super beautiful, but what I love about it is it's got a butterfly on it, and the butterfly is obviously a symbol of transformation, and that is certainly a part of my story that I have to share with you here tonight. So um, I, I wrote something um, that I want to read. Actually, I wrote it about five years ago when I had my 25th anniversary, but I, I was rereading it and I thought, you know, I, I really just want to share that again because it's it tells my story and I have five more years to add on to it now. So um, so 20, uh, basically 30 years ago, I weighed over 210 pounds. My weight and my eating were out of control and my life was some kind of mess. On April 5th, 1992, I was driving home from an Overeaters Anonymous meeting. It was lunchtime and I was hungry. I considered stopping at Taco Bell to eat lunch, which was one of my favorite places to go at the time. But what I heard at the meeting that morning changed something inside of me and I decided to just drive home. That day, I took a chance on a new way of life. No sugar, no white flour, no processed foods, no matter what. It wasn't an easy decision and I was afraid to make it, but I could feel deep down that it was time for me to say yes to living my life differently. If you had told me back then where I would be today, the life lessons I've learned, the highs and the lows, the accomplishments I've made, the people I've touched and the people who have touched me, I don't think I could have comprehended it. But today, I have a vast capacity to see just how amazing life is when I trust in, the, in my higher power and let it take me where it wants me to go. So today I'm excited to see what the next 30 years has in store for me. Um, I was 30 years old when I came into OA. Um, I always say that I came to OA three times. Um, so maybe three times really is the charm, but three times because the first time I came to OA, uh, I came because a friend invited me to go to a meeting. And so I was going because I thought she wanted me to go. Um, at that very first meeting that I went to, I knew that it was something for me, a seed was planted. Um, I identified, which was important because I think that if I wouldn't have identified when I went to that first meeting, I probably wouldn't have continued coming back over the years. 
Um, but at that, at that first meeting, I cried through the whole meeting and it, um, it, because I had never heard someone say the things that I felt. Um, all of the people in the room, the speaker that night, it really, it really hit me at, at my heart and at my gut level. And I knew at that moment that uh, I was a compulsive eater. I knew that um, I had a disease and uh, I knew that, that OA probably was gonna, going to be my solution. But I didn't continue coming back after that first meeting, probably mainly because my friend didn't want to go anymore. And I was just sort of following the herd at that time. Um, some years later, though, I decided to go back. So the second time I came to OA, I came because I wanted to lose weight. And I was really desperate. I was 100 pounds overweight. I had reached my that top weight of being 100 pounds overweight several times throughout my 20s. Um, I did all the diets like other people have done, and they, they only work when you stick to them. And then when you can't stick to them anymore, the weight always comes back. And that certainly was my story. So, um, so the second time I came to OA, which was sometime in the, in the mid 1980s or something, uh, I came because I wanted to lose weight. And I actually was able to string together some days of abstinence during that period of time that I came to meetings. I, I remember getting a sponsor, um, but I couldn't tell you her name or who she was anymore. I, it really was sort of a blur at that time. Um, I didn't really understand what the program was. I just went to meetings and showed up. And then I took a chip for 30 days when I had 30 days. And, and then sometime after that, I, I sort of flitted in and out of the meetings over the years. So I'd say I did that over the course of maybe six or seven years, I guess. Um, I say that I, I just kind of came and um, sat on the rim of, you know, the outside, never really got into the center of the program. I didn't have any books or, you know, I just didn't do it. And so uh, basically what happened was I got more and more desperate. Um, my disease progressed. I was 100 pounds overweight again. And by the time I decided to come to OA for the third time, I had really hit the bottom for myself. It was, uh, it was in what they describe in the big book, I had reached the point where life was becoming intolerable. And I didn't feel that I was really ever gonna get out of my misery. I felt like, it, I mean, it would take a true miracle to get me out of it. I would describe myself back then as a low bottom gutter type alcoholic with food. Um, you know, I was just thinking about it all day, planning my binges, passing out uh, from overeating, couldn't, uh, couldn't seem to stop um, as much as I wanted to. In the big book, it talks about that, like, how we basically, you know, no matter what we want for ourselves in terms of wanting to stop, it, it isn't a matter of willpower. Um, and, and so even though I probably could exhibit willpower in other areas of my life, I couldn't do it with food. And so on April 3rd of 1992, I had gotten to that intolerable place and since I had been to OA meetings over the years, I looked, I looked up um, 
I guess back then we didn't we didn't have uh, internet <laughs> and so I um, I'm somehow remembered and just found a way to call and find where a meeting was and I went to a meeting and in that meeting I I stood up and I I claimed I uh, my name is Dee I'm a compulsive eater I've known it for a long time I just don't know what to do about it and I need help and I remember crying through that whole meeting as well. Um, for me, that day was the beginning of a recovery for me because at, prior to that, I don't think I really ever felt truly powerless. Like, there, like, I don't think I ever felt that I couldn't handle it, that I didn't need help. That was a, a thing that I really struggled with in my life and, and perhaps even, even today in, in some ways, um, I feel that I can do it all. And uh, it's something that I, I'm kind of constantly working on with myself, but I couldn't do it all with, with recovering from a, a deadly disease. And, and I started to really understand how deadly it was. Um, by the time I got to that meeting, um, I had, you know, aches and pains in my body. I was afraid I was gonna die of a heart attack. I mean, there was just all sorts of things. I think my life was dominated by fear and shame in, in those days. Uh, I was afraid of anything that would uh, rock my little world of safety, my little shell of obesity that kept me uh, protected from the harsh uh, realities of life. And, uh, and then I, was, I just lived in shame because was, I was ashamed to be so fat. Uh, I, I let that fat hold me back from doing a lot of things that I knew that I could do, but I just didn't do them because I felt, I felt that I would be judged because of my weight and I didn't want to be judged. So it was safer to, to stay in the cocoon. Um, I went to that meeting. I went to that meet. I went to another meeting the next day, which was April the 4th. And then on April the 5th was that day that I decided when I was driving home from that meeting that I wasn't gonna go eat at my favorite uh, fast food place. And, and I just decided to go home and I, I really, I didn't know what it was I was going to eat for lunch. I, I just knew that it wasn't gonna be that. Um, and that was my first day of abstinence. And it was a, uh, it was just a day of like, I remember it was like a day of kind of relief and release. On that day, I remember feeling that that feeling of release and relief um, as I made that decision not to go eat there. And when I got home um, later on that evening, I my husband that I was married to at the time he he and I used to eat together a lot, and uh, I remember him saying he was going to go to the convenience store and get some snack or whatever. And he asked me if I wanted something, and I I said no. I don't, I don't. And, and I truly honestly meant it. I didn't, didn't want anything. And he said something to me interesting. He said, oh, but honey, you deserve it. And I said to him, you know what? I probably do deserve to treat myself, but it's not gonna be with that. And total shift uh, of something that happened inside of me. And I started, from that point, I started really reading the books. Um, earlier that day at that meeting, I had I had uh, volunteered to carry the literature, so I had this little crate full of books. I had a big book, and 
the OA-12. Uh, we didn't have the 12 and 12 yet, so it was the OA-12 steps. Um, bunch of Lifeline magazines, if anybody remembers what those are. Um, and I just read them. I, I like dived into them. I read them every day, every night. Um, I just wanted to learn and I just wanted to be better. It was like nothing I had ever felt before in my life. When I got to my one year of no sugar, no flour, no, you know, basically a no matter what, a willing to go to any length, uh, I had released a hundred pounds and a couple of other things were happening for me at that time as well. I, I was getting ready to graduate from college, which I was a late bloomer. I was 30, uh, 30 going on 31. Um, and I was finally going to graduate from college and a dream that I had held for many years and didn't actually think would ever manifest. Um, and at the same time, also the dream of being in a normal sized body, another dream that I never ever thought would happen. So I had two lifelong dreams coming true at the same time. It was a really special time for me. And I remember thinking that, you know, when I woke up on the day of my goal weight, that somehow bells would be ringing and, <laughs> um, and that, I don't know, the birds would be chirping and, and all of that, but it, it, it didn't happen that way, but it was like this feeling of excitement. And it was kind of like those butterfly, that, that butterfly on, on my 30 year trip that it was like, like I, I had my transformation in so many different ways, um, spiritually, emotionally, and physically. As the years progressed, it's kind of hard to encapsulate 30 years in a, in a 25 minute share, but a couple of things that I, I do wanna share, things that kind of stand out. Um, once, it, once I got to my go weight, then it was nothing but an inside job from there on out. So that reinforcement of the excitement of releasing weight and fitting into smaller clothes and seeing myself in the mirror in an image that I had never seen before ever in my life because I had been overweight since I was a child. So it was a new, I was living in a new life in a new body every single day. And when the newness of that um, kind of wore off a little bit, what ended up taking its place was just this zest for life. Um, a zest for life, a, a zest for wanting to learn and grow more. And so that's what I did. I, I, um, I, I started getting more into the program, more into, into my spiritual growth, learning more about what it means to be of service in many different ways. And so I've done service in this program all up and down the, the, the chart of service, you know, from setting up chairs to going to the World Service Conference and being a representative and um, speaking at conferences, all, all of the things that are a part of, of being an, an active, committed member of this program. One of the things that I take- 10 minutes uh, left. Thank you. One of the things that I take really seriously in this program is that responsibility pledge that we have always to extend the heart and hand of OA to all who share my compulsion. For this, I am responsible. And I do that in and out of these rooms. One of the things that um, 
which I find to be a, a beautiful part of my story is that I have made, basically I've taken what I love, what I loved and learned the most in this program and take it out into the rest of the world in a profession that I've chosen. And, um, and so that I, I get to be of service every single day and um, sharing um, my experience, strength and hope with others uh, in, in uh, a way that I, I never believed that I, I could be or that I could do in that capacity. And it, it fuels me. It's, you know, people ask me, why would you still keep going to Overeaters Anonymous meetings for 30, year, you know, 30 years after you obviously were very successful and, and achieved the goal that you needed to achieve? Um, and the answer to that is, I always have new goals. And I always wanted to learn and do more. And there's more to do in this program. I show up not just for myself, but I show up for all of you and for the fellowship at large. Uh, OA, I, I'm, OA would not be around if no one showed up. Um, and I think about back in the days when I was a new person and I was coming, uh, I went to meetings like several times a week and. Now we can go to meetings every day on Zoom, which is amazing. Um, but I, I was happy that there were people there that had 30 years or 20 or however many years they had. And I remember I'd sit in those meetings and think, wow, I can't believe somebody has that. I hope I get that too. And really it was, it's just about showing up one day at a time, you've got to work the program, you have to work the steps. It doesn't just happen, you have to do it. Um, there's a part in the, in the big book where it says, you know, like I had mentioned that, you know, when you get to that place where, you're, uh, where life is intolerable, you have to make a decision. And one of them is you can keep going the way you've always been going and just blot out your intolerable existence as best you can by, drowning yourself in food, or you can accept spiritual help. And this is a spiritual program. Spirituality to me is about being connected. It's about being connected to myself and understanding who I truly am and what my gifts are in this world. And then the other part of it is about being connected to God and to others. And, uh, being connected to God is what keeps me coming back. Uh, I ask God in my daily prayer, what is it that you would have me do today? And there's a little simple prayer that I say every morning when I sit down to eat my breakfast. And it's, God, please give me the courage, willingness, and strength to be abstinent today. And then at the end of my day, I say, God, thank you for the courage and willing courage, willingness, and strength I was granted today to be abstinent. And so today at 30 years, I say, I'm still saying that prayer every day because it's a way that I stay grounded and connected. And when I come to these meetings, I can share with you how this program works. If you're new, I wanna welcome you. And I want to remind you that I came in and out of these rooms for many years before it took hold. So that saying that we have, don't leave before the miracle happens, it's true. So hold on to that and keep it with you and keep coming back. 
Thank you for letting me share tonight.